Welcome back to the Don't Write That Book podcast, where you can learn how to write your bestseller and own your authorship. Follow along with us as we give you an insider's view of the book industry. Now, here are your hosts, myself, Mike Michalowicz, and AJ Harper. So I'm looking, we're recording, and I'm going to use this as an introduction. I'm looking at the picture you sent me, so uh, I didn't cry. Yeah, I'm a crier. I mean, it's pretty basic looking. I is know. It, are you fucking kidding me? This is not basic, AJ. So what I'm looking at, so our listener knows, is a picture of your garage. The garage. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, with a, uh, what was that called, the, the the lifted windows. There's a term. Well, there's an apartment up there. That's why. So you have a separate door and an apartment above it. It's a beautiful gray, and the doors are a perfect offset to it, almost like a mud gray or even a little bit hint of brown. It's beautifully shingled. But what's beautiful behind it, and you can't see it completely, <laughs> is the sky and these magnificent evergreens. And why I'm so proud of this picture and why it gets me emotional is this is your dream. Yeah. And I know about this dream for the longest time. And what this proves is being an author, being a writer, makes massive dreams come true. Yeah. I paid for that with that writer money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it... it, it that maybe this in part, AJ, is the inception of why we're doing this show. There are so many naysayers. There's so many naysayers saying you're you're an author, like you'll never make a penny. Like that's the worst thing you could do. I've heard them. I've met them. Well, it's really hard. Fair. But everything's really it's hard. It's full of rejection and gatekeepers sure. and disappointments. But actually, it's also full of wonderful, awesome, amazing rewards including including financial rewards yeah you're, you're building your dream vacation home which will become your permanent home yeah it's uh that's building number one that you just you just were looking at on the a garage. great lake on, a, on lake superior the greatest lake of all the, time. Great, the greatest lake of all the goat <laughs> the goat yeah i just drove by uh, lake erie i was when i go up to toronto i told you that story in, in a different episode it's like it's an ocean. It is an ocean lake. And you were talking about Lake Erie. Yeah, that's Lake Erie. It's an so Lake Superior can hold all the Great Lakes within it, and I think a couple times over. <sighs> it, it's it's baffling how big. And the, and our place is just right there, two hundred and seventy feet of lakeshore, and an eternity of water view, and, and endless endless sky. And so big, I didn't really have. This is the first time I remember seeing a great lake was when i just drove by erie recently i didn't realize you can start seeing the curvature of the earth like you can't see to the other side there's a horizon when i was driving at least oh, the yeah. angle i had i was driving from buffalo into toronto so i'm looking maybe eastwardly into lake erie i hope i'm not missing this up i couldn't see the other yes, side that's right and i do want to point out i come from humble beginnings when my wife and i got that dream when we first had hatched that dream which was about 26 years ago Broker than broke. Yeah. Cheeseburger Tuesdays is what I always tell people. Because on Tuesdays at McDonald's, you can get cheese. Well, you used to be able to get cheeseburgers for 29 cents. Yeah. <laughs> That's always <laughs> And then you here. can put them in the freezer. Oh, smart. Yep. Super healthy. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yeah. Just load up on the 29 cents. I mean, that was me. Yeah. And it's through authorship and the work that I do supporting authors, but also writing royalties from our work together, yep. royalties from my own book that I now have. Um, we have building number one, my yep. wife and I, building number one. And we are two months and two weeks away from the next royalties. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. yeah, and it will be a, a big one, um, in part because of launch efforts, and that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, and in part because of a social media boom that happened on TikTok. TikTok. TikTok moved thousands and thousands and thousands of print copies of Profit First within a, a couple days. Did you see the uh, recently on the news, the gentleman who wrote a middle grade, um, or maybe it was young adult, I think middle grade or young adult mystery novel? No. Okay, I'm going to send you a link to this. The gentleman in uh, down in Texas, he wrote, he's in his, I don't know, 60s, late 60s, uh, retired, I think he was laid off. And he was always wanting to be a writer, and he wrote this book, traditionally published by a very small publisher. I think it's called Black Rose Publishing. And he was sitting in a Kroger grocery store with a little fold-up table and his books, and he was sitting oh. by himself. And a TikTok influencer happened to be in Kroger. 
and felt really genuinely bad for this guy because he looked so defeated. Nobody was coming up to the table. So he went up to the table and they were, he and his friend just started asking questions. Oh, what's the book about? Oh, that's really cool. Just wanted to give him some attention. Yeah. And then they said, do you mind if I put this on TikTok? Can I get a picture of your book? No joke. (laughs) It had, he then put a screenshot that the influencer of the Amazon listing page. Yeah. I think there were five reviews. Okay. Uh-huh. Three days later, yeah. number one in all categories, including overall Amazon, <laughs> 976 reviews. My God. Are you kidding me? Like four or five days. Unbelievable. Yeah. I haven't checked it today. Couldn't happen to a nicer but, guy. Yeah. He had no idea. But he was just sitting in a Kroger. So. It's funny. I would say, like, how do you not launch a book? Don't go to a Kroger's. Don't expect to be, you know, discovered yeah. by a TikTok influencer yeah, who's, yeah. who's buying who's buying toilet paper that day. No, no. But um, but I will tell you from that story, that guy got out there and did something. He at least did something. He was at the. Did you know that Kroger has an authors in Kroger program? That's how he was in it. Oh. So Kroger has authors come into their grocery store, <laughs> and you know what. I so he how. went and did it. That takes guts to sit in a grocery guts. store. It takes guts. I once, uh, just a quick side story, saw Pete Rose, the famous baseball player, and it said, uh, it was in Las Vegas for a speaking engagement, walking by and said, meet Pete Rose. And I looked into it. It was like a sports store. And there, Pete Rose was sitting there with no one, with no one. I'm like, oh, it's so humbling that you know he's a famous name, um, but kind of an expired or retired name. And there was no one there. I've seen authors give readings where there's one person in the audience. Oh, I mean, you- and, and it was me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you saw that one person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It- so yeah, okay. So listen, it, it, it's a tough job, but but everything's that way. Anything that's easy will be saturated and it'll become tough anyway. There was a point where you could run Facebook ads and you, you could run the dumbest ad 10, 10 years ago, or whatever, and you'd start getting business. That doesn't work that way anymore. Everything that's easy gets hard pretty quick so yeah authorship is hard but if it's your calling and you stick with it and you do it right and you listen to this podcast you can get you can get your dream vacation home yeah well look at what you're look at your life oh it's transformed my life i I was in my orchard i have an orchard aj it's small one i was gonna say we're gonna do we haven't done the intros yet but i like to think about what i'm gonna say okay okay this is mike mccallowitz yeah author of um beloved Business books, 10 business books, and a children's book, My Money Bunnies, uh, and an incredible gardener. This is this thing you've been doing that I've noticed. (laughs) You're obsessed. I'm obsessed. You are obsessed. I'm obsessed. If you didn't write, would you think you would just garden? If I had... No. No. No, I wouldn't. No, I. I, I mean, you seem very knowledgeable now. I, I remember when you were first starting. You're like, what's this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this? What's this insect? What do I do with this? Yeah, I know Japanese beetles. How to maintain them? I I know. Um, yeah, how to cultivate the ground. I, I'm learning. I also don't think when I first met you, you would ever take the time to do that. No. You were too on the grind. No. So, uh, you know, I don't work Fridays, pretty much at all, unless there's a speaking engagement. Um, I'll, I'll write in the morning, but that's it. And then I'm out in the orchard and, uh, what's you, in the orchard? Uh, the best plums I've ever had in my life. Oh. So I just had a plum this morning. There's nothing more, I don't know, rev- uh, cathartic. I don't know. than walking into the, for me, the orchard, just walking out to my own property, grabbing a thing off a tree and just eating it. Cause there's no pesticides and no nothing. It's just natural. And it's, it's delicious. It's delicious. It's like when I, I remember cracking an egg once and the yolk came out orange. I was like, oh, there's something wrong with this. They said, no, no, there's something wrong with everything else you've been eating. A yellow <laughs> yolk is is not organic. It should be a dark orange. It was a natural egg. Um, so, yeah. So that, that, thank you. And for you, you know, my introduction of you is you've built your dream. Like this, how we started off here is you, it's, it's real. It's manifested. I cannot wait for my trip there. I know. I cannot move the retreats there. But I think we have this in common that we will stick it out for the long game. Yeah. We will stick it out. Yeah. You also didn't sell any copies of your first book on the first day. This is a much, (laughs) much storied tale. Yeah. But you also hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah. 
and the the fruits of these labors we are what 15 years into our yeah and i'm i'm but 18 years into yeah publishing so it's not overnight but it does when it does hit it hits it and, hits and, and it's kind of like a flywheel too i suspect I, but i would never do this if we just went cold turkey and said yeah we're done let's just ride this out now i don't think that tomorrow everything dries up i think there's years of residual momentum with the yeah. existing books but i'm not going to I'm never going to test that one out. I'm going to hustle and hustle and hustle because I get joy out of that because it's the greatest way to serve people. I think it's good that you started this way because I don't think you should compromise on a book launch. No, no. I don't think that... I think one of the uh, biggest misconceptions about publishing today is that you can't make any money from book sales. And we know that that's absolutely not true. Yeah. And what happens when we think that you can't make money from... When you think that, oh, you can't make any money from book sales. I have to think about all these other ways to make money. In the beginning, sure. Mm -hmm. But if your attitude is, I can't, then you're going to cut corners the whole time. And then you're also not going to try. You're not going to say, huh, okay, how could I sell this? Who does need this? Who can help me facilitate this? You just decide that that's true, and then it is. Yeah. So, yeah, let's dig into the topic of today. Today's launches. So we'll see how we sequence this, but the prior episode uh, was likely the pre-launch that you listened to. There's three phases of launches. There's pre-launch, that's the preamble or the preparation for the launch period. The launch period, I consider a two-week period, and there's the post-launch after the book is out there. This two-week period, we want massive momentum. And the reason we want massive momentum is it triggers the most important part of book marketing, which is word-of-mouth marketing. People fall in love with a book, and they start sharing with others. Um, So when you say two weeks, you mean... The week before, the, the release date, and the week after. Oh, actually, then I'll say three weeks. I meant the, the day of for two consecutive weeks. I consider pre-launch up until the day it launches. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... So, okay. No, but, that's I wanted you to clarify thanks, that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you. So that's just how I see it. Um, so obviously, these are not industry-defined... No. I mean, they're, they're, they're industry-common terms, but they're not defined. There's not a law around it. Book launches for most published books through traditional publishers launch on a Tuesday. And I think you you even were sharing once why that's the case. Well, my understanding is, and you feel free to send us a correction. Yeah. If you're Which listening. our readers do. We get, <laughs> oh, that's not true. A launch is actually for one week, Mike. I, we get those emails to see that's, you know. that's, And that's cool. Yeah, that's we cool. Want, that's yeah cool. absolutely. We have no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that is because of the way that the lists calculate sales. So when they start actually calculating sales for, say, the New York Times. Yep. Okay. So that's the official trigger. And um, of all the launches we've had of books, the most successful two-week period was Get Different. Most books sold, individual copies, was Get Different. Uh that is, of all the books we've written, not the least successful, but one of the lower in-demand uh, evergreen books or, or, or backlist books. It sells right now about 100 copies a week. And uh, comparatively, uh, I'm just, I, can't, I can't think of the other books, but uh, Clockwork, for example, sells about 300 books a week. Uh, Prop First right now is moving... Well, with the, with the TikTok, about fourteen hundred a week. So, just because it was the most successful book launch, get different, doesn't mean that it built into a good backlist. And and when we talk about backlist sales and, and post launch, um, I want to talk about get different and and why I think it's it's struggling because I think it's a great book. I think there's been some strategic mistakes made, but why did get different launch well and and. And comparatively, I just want to give some numbers. Get Different moved in the first two weeks, uh, 10,000 units. Uh, Fix This Next, which was prior to that, moved about 7,000. Clockwork, Revising Expanded moved, uh, or Clockwork, and then the Revising Expanded Edition 2 moved maybe, same thing, about 7,000, 8,000. Probably first, interesting, when we relaunched that, Revising Expanded, during the launch, moved about 2,500 books. And that's the bestseller. But you know, just to give some context. What happens during the launch is all that pre-launch work, and if you haven't listened to that episode, please maybe put this one on pause because you you got to get all that material in place. Uh, 
But it's the culmination of all this preparation triggered in this wave tsunami. Tsunami. It's a tsunami wave. It's the big push. There was a, an app, I don't even know if it still exists, called Thunderclap. Yeah. You remember that thing? Yeah. I love that name, but it was like the antithesis of it. It was like more of a deflating balloon. Everybody was so excited about Thunderclap. when I'm going to Thunderclap the shit out of it. <laughs> so Thunderclap was the idea of a, of a launch, if you will, around social media, but not for books, for anything, any messaging you wanted to get out. And the concept was, if you get out a singular unified message on all the platforms in a short abbreviated time and have many people, not just your platform, but others on that platform speaking about it, that there's a sudden awareness. And there's truth to that. Just the thunderclap wasn't of a size that was big enough. Because I would post, maybe I want to say, hey, it's my birthday. It's the thunderclap I want on in September. And I get people in a community to sign up for this and say, I'm going to thunderclap you as long as you thunderclap me back. So I'll set announce it's my birthday and, and person I don't know has a schedule to announce, Hey, it's Mike's birthday. And I agree to do something in response. And that's how you build this kind of thunderclap. But the thing is thunderclap was spoken, speaking to a disparate community. See people I don't know are talking about someone that they don't know to people that don't know me. And so it was just this very convoluted sudden message. And so it was ignorable. A proper launch is where a concentrated community, your ideal reader, is hearing about your book uh, at a, a elevated frequency, so it's noticeable, in multiple ways from multiple sources where there's enough awareness that they make a decision, do I want to inspect this book and maybe make a purchase? But it's the same community. It's concentrated. So if, if my circle of friends all shared with my circle of friends, hey, Mike has a, a birthday today, then there's an awareness because it's, it's hitting the same small concentrated group multiple times. That is the objective of a launch. You don't want the world to discover your book. You want your consumer to hear about the book a lot of times and they will think the whole world's hearing about it. So that's what a good launch is. Um, why don't we talk about some strategies? Is that... Yeah, I mean, I, I want to just, before you get into this, say, I think you need to decide what is going to be of value. Like, first of all, you say, where is your person? Where's your reader? Yeah. Are they actually going to see the marketing efforts or hear? Is it something that will provide value to them? And then, <laughs> this is one that I actually feel strongly about. Do you want to do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because you're going to see a bunch of stuff that other authors do, and it doesn't mean you should. Yeah. You need to figure out what it work, what works for you, what yeah. makes sense for you. Because otherwise, you are, you're going to do it, not do it, or you'll end up doing it badly. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. So any ideas that you're sharing, Mike, they may not be right for a person listening. But one of the best ways you can see ideas is to start paying attention to other people's book launches, to get involved in their street teams, to get on their list and just pay really close attention. What are they doing? Uh, and would that work for you? So I just want to put that out there because I see my students get completely overwhelmed. Yeah, I know. You've, you've invited me to speak to some of your students. Yeah. And I just give them ideas and ideas. And I see these smiles in the beginning. Like, oh, that's so novel. Oh, that's so interesting. And then by the end, it's like terror. Terror. Like, I can't do all this. And that's never my intent. I, I have to put that disclaimer in more often. I'm just sharing all these things that I have done. but Yeah, mean so just fi find, find something that's going to work for you, but you don't have to do all the things. Yeah. And just because every author's doing it doesn't mean you should. In fact, it means you probably shouldn't. Yeah. Step one, I think, of a good launch is you need to list out all the assets that you have. you got to know what you can market. One asset every author likely has when you have your book coming out is you have uh, your listings on the selling platforms, the retailers. So... Barnes and Nobles or uh, Books a Million or Amazon. You got to know what these sites are and you better have their links recorded because that's ultimately where you want to send people to buy your book through retailers. Or, or maybe you're selling it directly. Um, so know those assets. The, the other thing is your own uh, website where your book is listed, um, your book site, if you have a dedicated website, all those things um, 
list them out. One of the components that I think you should have ready that moves a large quantity of books, and I shared in the pre-launch episode why you want to move large quantity of books, so make sure you listen to that. I have this 1%, 1% theory, or 1%, yeah, 1%, 1% theory, um, is a multi-book purchase package, uh, which is something I didn't share in the pre-launch, but during the launch period, you want to have this. And what it is, is a listing of um, ways people can buy your book and the benefits they'll get if they buy in quantity. And we've tested the shiitake out of this. Uh, from like offers, you know, someone to buy one book and get these bonuses, get three, you get these additional bonuses, buy 17, get this. We went all the way up to 1,000 books or 2,000 books. Buy this and, and, and Mike will, you know, go traveling around the world with you for 10 days or something. Um, I think the best example, the most successful one we have out there is still with Get Different. So if you go to Get Different, I think it was getdifferentbook.com, just Google Get Different and look for the book page and then put go to that page and put slash multi, M-U-L-T-I, you'll see the listing there. That is my most tested web page on a multi-book offer. And uh, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but if you go there, you'll see it. What I found was, interestingly, most authors were launching with a singular book option. If you buy one book, here's a bonus. If you buy uh, three books and so forth. We found the best starting point is actually three books in all our testing. And what I think the magic was, at least for my books that were listed under $30 MSRP, three times that MSRP was $90. It was less than 100 And it's very... Consume, you know, making a decision for many people, not all people, but many people, is if it's $100, they can decide in the moment if that's something they can spend or not. Then we went up in increments. And I think we have four, maybe five levels. And the highest, I think, was about 75 books. That was really impactful in the number of books sold. Just through the multi-book page for Get Different, we moved in the lower mid-thousands, maybe 3,000 books were purchased that way. Couple and then did you just have a proof of purchase? Yeah, then then once you buy the book, if you scroll down the page at the bottom, it says email us the receipt. So you prove that you bought the books by emailing us. And that is a manual process. But what's interesting is to move that number of books, it only was like 150, maybe 200 people that did it. 200 people buying three books is 600 books. And, and a lot of people bought the 75 books because it was very compelling. Oh, dude, this is one of the stories. I was in... Uh, the St. Louis area for a speaking engagement. One thing that was with the Get Different launch, it said, if you buy 75 books, maybe it was 76, is Mike will take you for a backstage tour of a speaking engagement, and you can sit in the audience as his guest. So you come prior, we hang out in the green room, and then you can sit, watch the presentation, we'll hang out afterwards. That's the bonus. And one way to structure your bonuses is, what do you already do that you can include your audience in that won't cost you money. Yeah. I, yeah. So it's like, oh, this is a no-brainer. And it's kind of fun. Like, how many times have you been backstage before an event and stuff like that? And you see the curtain go up. It's kind of cool. This guy, Trevor, uh, saw, bought 75 bucks, did it. He came to St. Louis, and he couldn't make it to the event. He was traveling with his family. So he goes, um, how about this? When you're done with the event how the timing works, I can pick you up in my car and I'll drive you to your hotel, and we, which was about a half hour away. And like we just chit-chat in the car. And we did. And then afterwards, we'll chit-chat afterwards and, and hang out. And he was just telling me about his business. He uh, He's a physical therapist for children zero to five years old. Interesting story, just why he got into this industry. And I asked him, I said, hey, I'm so honored you bought the 75 bucks and, and you bought this. I hope that it was worth it. I know we didn't do the backstage we hung out. He's like, oh, I didn't buy it for that. I'm like, oh, you just bought so we hang out. He's like, no, no, no. He goes, I owed you. I'm like, you owed me? He goes, uh, profit first, transform my life. He's like, you saved my business. Aww. He's like, I, I bought these 75 bucks not knowing what Get Different was just because I owed you. I was like, oh my gosh. If you serve your community, there is a sense of reciprocity. That yes. I, I had, yeah. It was so cool to experience that. So do the multi-book offer and offer bonuses. Um other ways to get bonuses is we talked about in pre-launch, you're building a network of other influencers, other authors. Maybe they can include their material so they get some exposure. It's a benefit to your audience. If their their content complements mm -hmm. what you're doing, 
it's a great way for them to get exposure, and they may be able to include that for free. I was speaking with James Clear. He's the author of Atomic Habits. And we employ this, uh, I think, with Fix This Next or even the book prior. He said, in his research, the, the most compelling bonus was anything that gave the reader this kind of voyeuristic standpoint. So he said deleted content from a book mm-hmm. is super compelling for an audience because they see something behind the scenes that no one else gets to see. And he says the irony is this is stuff that was deleted because it didn't make the final cut. But if you ever watch like a movie and you see the deleted scenes, like I was watching uh, Young Frankenstein and I love that movie. My wife and I are crazy about it. And so we saw all these deleted scenes and it's just awesome. You feel more part of the movie in some capacity. Your readers will go crazy over this lost, we call it the lost content, like the lost continent. <laughs> and we do it for every single book. Uh, we actually need to get the stuff for all of not, not only that, you just dump it in there. It's, this is the part that makes me nuts. Yeah. You, I want to edit it. Oh, no, no. You're just pulling it from Wrong. the cut file without any edits. And and people love that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm nervous about it. I, I'm over it now. But oh, the first time it. you did it, I said, like, wait a minute. They love it. They yeah. love it. And so we put it into a nice PDF and they get it. So that multi-book page offer. The other thing is you can, during the launch period, generate income selling things that aren't the book but move books. It's a little convoluted, but let me explain. When I ask people to buy like 400 books or 500 books or even 75 books, the most common resistance wasn't the, co- resistance wasn't the cost of the book. Mm-hmm. The most common resistance was what, do I, what the hell do I do with all these books? Like now that they felt like they were stocking inventory and I'm like, give them to your friends, just give them out as gifts. And and even that was too confounding for people. Like, I don't know what to do with this many books. So instead of saying buy 75 books for what's, what's 70 is 2000, $2,500. We'll say, instead of saying buy $2,500 of books, I simply said, are you willing to pay 2,500 books, $2,500 for something else? And I'll take care of the book distribution. And people are like, hell yeah. It's fun. it's the exact same dollar amount, but I took the responsibility of managing the book distribution. So, what we did is we said uh, in one event is that you could uh, we did a donation campaign. We identified all these outlets that needed books, uh, different entrepreneurial like there's these urban entrepreneurial groups that were helping the community and stuff. And they said we would love to have profit first, and we have 500 participants in our urban development program urban entrepreneurial development program. And we said, well, if we'd supply the books, would you want that? And they're like, absolutely. So we told people, here's programs we've identified. Do you want to donate money? So, and we explained selfishly, that helps us move books and circulate it to a community that would never get it, but it helps me circulate books and people contributed. And that was. We did the same thing for my book launch for Write a Must Read. Yeah. We donate. What I did was I made sure that every multiple was a case. So you can find out how many books come in your case. Mm, That's smart. Uh, because so I have 24 hardcovers come in a case. Okay. So then I would do. And that's, that's just in your case. Every, every, single every book is different. different. So yeah. you have to find out from the printer yeah. what's going to be in the, and it changes anyway, but it's helpful because then if you're self-publishing now, I didn't self-publish, but if you're self-publishing and you've got a bunch, you're managing some of this. Yeah. It's so much easier if it's just in a case <laughs> or if you have a publisher and they, and you have access to say what's in the warehouse. It's so much easier if they can just send one case. Yeah. Then you just just do the multiples of whatever is in the case. And what we did was we donate those who didn't want the case. We donated to rural or underserved libraries. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I put on workshops. I would say, hey, I have a workshop that's five hundred dollars or something. Do you want to attend this? Uh, workshop. So, in there's certain instances where we didn't even talk about the book, but then what we said in the workshop is, if you like, we're going to dis- distribute books. You can give us a list of people you want us to mail books to, and we used a company called BookPal. It's book-pal.com, who then did the distribution of the book. So, setting up for multiple books during the launch, multiple book purchases is important. The Don't other, just try to sell one book. The other reason to do. Uh, BookPal or also Porchlight is another company that does it. 
uh, is they report their sales to BookScan. All right, right, which then helps you with lists. It helps your publisher recognize the momentum of the book. Uh, they can sometimes do it as individual sales as opposed to bulk orders if it's registered properly. A bulk order is uh, lots of books going to one destination, but if you have lots of books that were distributed legitimately to individuals, that would be, could be registered as individual sales. So I didn't know Porchlight does that. Book, book Pal does. Uh, so multi-book order is a big thing. The next thing is the street team needs to be activated during the launch. And we actually do that about 24 hours in advance. So the book's launching on a Tuesday with your publisher. By the way, if you're self-publishing, don't launch on a Tuesday. Why, why don't you do it on a Monday? Because everyone that's with a mainstream publisher is launching on a Tuesday. That's when all these crazy email campaigns are going out. <laughs> supersede it. Supersede it. My Our next book, All In, we're launching on January 2nd. I so can't believe it. Are you kidding me? It's the best day ever because no one is doing it. That's why I can't believe it. It's a dead zone. It's a dead zone. And that's why it's the most lively zone. Of course you're doing it. It's Blue Ocean. It's a Blue Ocean. That's a that's a, that's a Michalowicz move. It's a Michalowicz move. But yeah, well, listen, say it flops and say like no one checks email on January 2nd. I know you will. I know you will. It, of course. I know I will. People just do. But they say, people say, I'm not on email. You're on email more than ever because you're at home. Probably the family. Well, social for sure. You're on social. You're like crazy. Yeah, yeah. You're scrolling through. What's going on? So there's actually more eyeballs. Posting post your, post your Christmas, New Year's Eve pics. Yeah. Yeah. And your resolutions. Here's what I commit to. I'm going to be a better leader. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but even if it flops, I'm going to relaunch. So there's there's a launch, and you can do relaunches. Yeah. Uh, there's no law that you have to do it when the book comes out only. So we're going to do it, and if it, if it doesn't go well for whatever reason, we're going to do it again. But we activate the street team a day before. So that's going to be our challenge. On January 1st, with all these hungover people, <laughs> I'll say, get your ass out of bed. You could just lean into that. Yeah. You, you, yeah, exactly. So, hangover I'm cure. What's yeah, What's the, the drink with the vodka the, uh, and the celery stick? <laughs> Bloody Marys. Bloody Marys, yeah. I'll send Bloody Marys just to everybody. Just do it. Wake up and go. Let's go. Let's go, people. Go. Hair, hair, hair of the dog. Hair of the dog. Uh, so activate your street team. And this is where you, you give them explicit direction. And make it simple. But I need you to do this, or I expect you to do this, this, and that. There needs to be a currency exchange. And what we do when we activate street teams is we give people a pre-release copy of the book. So four or six weeks prior, we say, join the street team. Um, we want you to make a purchase of the book just because we can get those pre-orders. And we're going to send you a PDF version of it immediately so you get to see this before anyone else does. Also... By joining the street team, we have expectations that you'll promote it on social media. But we tell d detailed. We need you to go on Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and Instagram, and do these these two things. Yeah, and you give them swipe copy, swipe imagery. Give them everything. All that stuff is done in the pre-launch period, everybody. You're not creating that the day before. Are, yeah, but, but it activates the day before. Yeah. The best tip I got, it was from Dory Clark. I She wrote... Uh, Her most recent book is The Long Game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The long game on the title. It's a lot of O's. It's that is a, a great book. Uh, she wrote uh, the entrepreneur book. I want to say it's reinventing reinventing you, but also the entrepreneurial you. Ah, it skips my mind the exact title. But Dory shared a great strategy when she activated her street team and she sent them the PDF of the book. She said, "I'd like you to post a review of the book." But here's how she did it. She didn't say post it on Amazon. She said put it in this Google form because Amazon. And Barnes Noble, you can't review books until they're available. She collected all the reviews in her Google form. Then the day the book activated, she wrote back to each person individually with their review and said, would you now post this on Amazon? And because she already had the reviews, it was just a copy and paste. Everyone did it. I remember the long game came out as I was monitoring her book launch. It was going, well, I, I was buying, I bought multiple books that day. I staggered some. And then, um, I'm like, wow, she's getting a lot of reviews coming in. And by the end of the day, it was hundreds, maybe three, 400 reviews. I'm like, how does she do it? And she shared that strategy. So use that. It's reinventing you. Yeah, reinventing you, but the entrepreneurial one. I think it's the entrepreneurial you. So there's reinventing you. There's a long game, but I think it was the entrepreneurial you by Dory Clark. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Entrepreneurial you. Entrepreneurial you. That's what I thought. Okay. So um, activate your street team. You do this multi-book order. How do you get people to have a multi-book page? This is where your list comes into play. Announce to your list the books available and have them go to that multi-book purchase page. 
Also tell people if you want to get you know one book, I encourage you to do it. Now, here's something I've learned over time. Some people have bought your book during the pre-order, and now you're doing the launch. And this is something I effed up, so don't don't do what I did. And I've I've now resolved this. I would say you got to buy three books today to get these bonuses. And people would say, well, I already bought a copy of your book, so I need to buy two more. And I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's three today. I'm trying to invoke the launch. And people are like, but I already bought a copy. It, it didn't compute. So I, I've realized I'm the fool here. If you've bought any books, um, it's a cumulative effect. And so we just ask for the receipt. Show us the any of the orders you've made over time. And collectively, they accumulate to getting to these different levels. you got to make sure you do that. Otherwise, it really gets people disappointed and disgruntled. That is a good tip. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a big learning experience. So the new multi-look book launch page for All In says that, that your collective orders get you to these different levels. The next thing is this is when you activate the influencer announcements. I'm not saying this when you ask your influencers to to announce about your book, the, the, the community you've built. But these are the, this is the period you want to do it. Because this is where you get the multi-touch. So we launch, when we launch Profit First, one of the people that we mutually know is Michael Port. He's a, a wonderful friend. And he, along with my email, along with about 15 other influencers, we're all emailing out. Don Miller emailed mm-hmm. out. Well, the chances are a reader has read Don Miller's work and possibly my work and possibly Michael Port's work is is high. There's a there's a possibility they know of multiple authors or someone in that consortium of authors. So now they're getting touched by multiple people saying new book coming out for Mike Michalowicz. And if you did your pre-orders right, there's another perhaps best influencer who's always on your side. It's Amazon itself. Amazon sends out an email to its constituency of subscribers which is probably a billion people. It doesn't mail it out to a full billion. It 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 modif- curated, it's cur- curated. It's a curated list. This morning, I I walked in and I'm like, hey, profit first. The new audiobook came out today. Uh, because I re-recorded the audio because of licensing issues and stuff. I did a Taylor Swift. You know, like Taylor Swift like re-recorded her songs. All her songs. <laughs> so, that, so there was another another company that had the audio rights, but to reacquire them, I had to rewrite it. Which is actually great because it's it's new. I put in all this new content. There's even a song in the new Profit First book. At the very so end. So you're really going for the Taylor thing. Really going for it. Um, so coming out, it's listed as a new book. So Amazon has sent out a blast this morning to a constituency and sales are, are picking up. So thanks, Amazon. You have this collective effect that happens of all these authors, maybe even Amazon itself, yourself emailing simultaneously, and that's where the multiple pings. It's likely now you have that avatar you define, that, that common community that a person during a one or two day period hears your book more than one time. And that's when it becomes noticeable. It's that high level of frequency. So you activate those influencers, you email your list, send everyone to your multi-book page. That's where I'd start. And give them the option saying, if you want to buy one copy, maybe I don't have bonuses for it, but you could allow them and encourage them to buy one copy. Uh, So talk about the street team, talk about the influencers, podcasts, uh, all that speaking stuff. This happened during the pre-launch, Usually, three months prior to launching the book, most podcasters that I've worked with are willing to hold back that episode for up to about three months before they launch it. So, usually three months prior, I'm recording episode after episode about the new book and ask the podcasters, please hold it until, in this case, January 2nd for All In. And then you get this cascade effect. Now, all the podcasts are talking about it. Um, Recordings on YouTube. I've pre-recorded videos on YouTube. They come out. Uh, endorsements. There's another way to use blurbs and endorsements, not just for the back of the book. You can make a social media graphic of it. And so that during the day of the launch at 8 a.m., look what Simon Sinek said about clockwork. Look what Dan Pink said about he endorsed uh, Profit First. You know, look what uh, so-and-so, Jenny Blake, said about clockwork. And all these names start hitting. So it's just this constant momentum. Uh, and the last thing is then we also activate the that wild campaign during that first day or two, the, the, the outlying campaign, something new and fresh. It was the Pay It Forward. Now it's this webinar series. So we'll do a webinar that day uh, and get uh, people buying the book on the spot. So Joey Coleman, myself, Michael Bungay, Stan, Stanier, I always mix it up, Stanier, 
uh, we'll be doing a webinar that we're going to release on that day to get momentum. Now, I want to share a little story about this. The, all coming to this, the culmination. The first time we really nailed a launch was probably the pumpkin plant. This is our second book together. And maybe our best book. <laughs> and uh, I'm so proud of that book. And of all the books, including Profit First, it is still, on a percentage basis, the fastest growing backlist book we have. Every month, it sells us a little bit more and a little bit more. Profit First has taken a leap because of TikTok, but it was selling about 1,200, 1,200. That book is 12 years old, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Is that insane? That's, yeah. And it sells more. It sold more in the last six months than it has ever in any six-month period. I love that. So much so that uh, another translation just got purchased, like Israeli, I think. Uh, I just redid a video recording of the pumpkin plan three, four weeks ago for uh, Lit Books, which is a video. That launch, we launched the book, Street Team Activated, multi-book page offer. Uh, I can't remember what the outlier was. I, I did something crazy, you know, quote, unquote crazy. Uh, something that no one did back then. And, and by the way, podcasts, I think, were really effective 10 years ago. They're still effective today, but not like maybe the new things. I think these webinars are the new things for now. It's, it's an accepted social standard ever since COVID. And I think that's the big mover. Prior to podcasts, it was blogs. Get as, on as many blogs as possible. I don't. There's still value there, but it's not like it used to be. So it, it's a moving target. Here's how the launch plays out. Uh, don't sleep the night before, right? <laughs> it's always a healthy way to start the day. Up at 6 a.m. and like, today is the go day. Uh, come running into the office. It's empty. And I'm looking and then panic sets in. Like, do we have the right page set up? Is anything wrong? Um, I remember with Pumpkin Plan, I'm like, oh my God, the multi-book page isn't even up. I was looking at the wrong page. I'm calling Kelsey at six in the morning. She's like, yeah. I'm like, the page isn't up. She's like, you're on the wrong page. That happens. Then we we had the campaign kick off at 10 o'clock. Now, the interesting thing is why 10 o'clock? We're on the East Coast here because that's 7 o'clock on the West Coast. And we don't have our list spread out that um, we know exactly where people are. It's not geographically targeted. So if I did an announcement at, say, 8 a.m. East Coast time, uh, that means it's hitting the West Coast at 5 a.m. And when the people are waking up and checking email, which is three hours later, perhaps, there may be all these emails buried on top of it. I, I want to be at the top of the inbox. So that's another little tip for you. So 10 a.m., things kick off. So what happens is I immediately rush to Amazon because that's the hour-by-hour hour or three-hour-by-three-hour three tracker. And I'm just watching the ranking. So... Pumpkin so plan. you want the baseline. Yep. Is there a military helicopter flying over us? Yeah. Yeah. That's my new pre-launch campaign. I didn't tell you. They're about <laughs> to drop books on us. That is a troop transport. Oh, wow. I've never seen that before. We're going, we're going to West Point. Yeah. Oh, probably it's going to West Point. Yeah. It's yeah. Not going in that direction. So um, I'm sitting there. And say it was ranked around 100,000. I'm just picking. Because this is pre-launch a few days before uh, it actually quiets down a little bit so 100,000 means you're maybe moving a book every couple days so it's sitting there quietly I'm like oh this is going to drop into the 20s and then the teens and then the hundreds that's my thought 11 o'clock I check still 100,000 12 o'clock now I check it it's, it's uh, maybe 1 o'clock in the afternoon I click it refreshes and here comes the number and it's 120,000 I'm like it got worse what the hell? Like all these announcements are going out. And some people even email me, bought your book. So the first the tears start welling up and like, I'm a failure. It's toilet paper entrepreneur all over again. I suck. And you're talking about the Amazon overall ranking. Just the BSR. for just just for so people know. Yeah, thanks for that clarity. So this is the yeah. best seller ranking on Amazon. Well, it doesn't it may refresh every uh, three hours, but there may be also a laggard effect. I'm pretty sure of it. So it's really about six to eight hours before you start seeing the impact of what's happening. Um and it, then when I refreshed the next time, then I saw the first drop. And it would drop from 100,000 down into the teens. I was like, ah, here we go. There's a website from TCK Publishing. Mm -hmm. I always forget, but it's TCK Publishing Amazon Calculator. Mm -hmm. So th this dude, whoever owns this website, um, made this really cool tool. So check it out. And you can enter in your BSR, bestseller ranking from Amazon, the current number. And it'll tell you how many book are books are actively selling in that moment for that day. So I type it in. I'm like, oh, wow, we moved 50 books so far, 45 books. Then the book, then it dropped down to 1,000. I was like, okay. Then it dropped into the hundreds. Now it's like 200 or 300, 200. 
that's when my hope starts going like, oh, can we get the number one in the world? Just like your friend from Kroger's. Can we get the number one? My friend. (laughs) Your buddy. (laughs) My buddy. The Black Rose Man. And um, the best ever uh, ranking of all books on a launch day was in the 50s. And I think it was uh, Get Different. So just so everybody knows, it's not the individual category rankings that Mike's talking about. It's the overall Overall. number. Yeah. Yeah. And we hit number one in all these different categories. There's also a tip around that. For your launch day, go to Author Central. You, If you don't have an Author Central account through Amazon, you're in trouble. So get that account set up. Uh, I don't want to walk through the, the step-by-step details, but link your books to your name. Then... Um, Use there's a it's hidden away in the very bottom of one of the pages. They'll say contact us. They they intentionally bury it. Click on this. It'll bring up a another page and navigate to where you can identify the categories your book is listed in, and put yourself in categories that are representative of your book. But also you can pick cat- multiple categories. And by default, I think many books will only have like two or three categories. You can pick up to seven. Yes. So, so you can get a number one. You can you can start winning in categories by expanding your categories. So so do that. Best rankings fifty, and I'm, that's when my ego kicks in. Like, oh, I can have number one in the world. Like, oh, Stephen King, I'm taking you down. Uh, it didn't happen. That was the best launch ever. I was up till probably midnight or two o'clock in the morning, like refresh. Yeah, that's what you do. Refresh. I, that here's what happens because your launch starts in the morning. Yeah. Many times your highest rank happens about three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you have to be up. So when I used to be, uh, I used to work with a small publisher in California that did a lot of book collections. Yeah. Like for Lisa Nichols, Les Brown, et cetera. And so they would hit these big, big bestseller ranking numbers, but not until like three o'clock in the morning. So someone had to be up. So you can do the screen capture. Yep. Yep. Um, just saying, it's very often when you hit your biggest number is in the middle of the night. It really is. If you if it matters to you, you want the screenshot, someone's gotta be awake. Yeah, and I'd argue do screenshot that because that's part of the launch. The next morning is about reporting momentum because nothing draws a crowd like a crowd. Mm-hmm. So we would then send out more announcements and saying, yesterday was a fantastic day, and here's the data to prove it. That screenshot, the reviews that have come in, nice comments and compliments of people that download the book, and some people dig in fast. They start reading the audio in the moment. And that then is a reason, a justified reason, to reach out to your community again and continue the momentum. So we would do that. Um, we'd also announce the people that bought multiple books, the higher packages with their permission. If we could share their name, we'd say, Hey, Joanne Smith bought 75 books. Uh, and we would reserve quantity because at the higher numbers at 75, the bonuses like going on stage or going to an event with me, we'd reserve the quantity of of those available. Cause I, I can't do a thousand events like that. There's about 15 a year and Maybe 15 will allow it. So we would do 30 over two years, about 30. So we'd say there's only four slots left. So there's a great, you know, there's scarcity and people start taking action upon it. So start reporting. What's interesting about a launch is there's two spikes. There's the day of, that's the big one. Then there's this kind of lull period, but we're announcing and there's still continued sales. And then near the end of the launch period, which we usually do two weeks later, is when we say we're shutting everything down and you better shut it down. What we say is the multi-book page offer is going away. Bonuses are going away. Everything's going away. We want to share it one last time. And there's a second spike that happens. Maybe it's because it's the ultimate form of scarcity, but things are being removed. And we do a big push two weeks after the initial day, and that gets the final momentum. All in, get different. We moved about 10,000 books, uh, our best launch. Uh, our worst it, using this method was maybe 5,000. I, I don't count. Um, we did a revised and expanded edition of Prop First was 2000. We didn't do this kind of campaign, this aggressive campaign. Um, so five to 10,000 books. Now that's with a big list we've built over time. It's with a lot of working influencers. It's with a lot of work. So at the end of the day, I think some authors come to me and say, only 5,000 books, only 10,000 books? That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And here's the perspective that wakes people up. They're like, that's that's so few books. Like there's millions of people that could use this and you only sold that few and you did all this effort. No, that's, that's, that's five or 10,000 individual sales. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. Can we just talk a little bit more about launch day? So 
for me, it was different. I chose to do a launch event. I it, I wanted to do something that was would provide value to readers, but yeah. also showcase the authors I work with. And that just made sense for me. I I had this whole list of things I was going to do and pulling. I didn't even ask you to help me with that day mm. and do anything for my event. I didn't pull in any influencers to help me with that event because it was, it just felt like I just want to be of service today. That's authentic to me. Mm -hmm. That's going to sound fun to me. I'm Mm going to do, let me do that. Mm -hmm. So I think my event was three hours long, maybe a little longer. And I did get a team to back me up to run it so that I'm not handing the technology and organizing the different guests. And I picked topics that would, they're from my book that would be of service to people and I was live on Facebook, YouTube, um, LinkedIn, and uh, we moved it really quickly to just 10-minute segments, 15-minute segments, and I brought in authors to talk about different aspects of authorship and showcase their stuff, did some laser coaching, mm. and that was really, I loved it. That was fun for me rather than just, I'm uncomfortable when people talk about me and praise me. Mm. So for that, that was actually super valuable. And then all that content can then be cut up later, by the way, to used in shorter bits and promos down, down the line. But I think it's important to think about what's really important to you, how you want to spend that day. Yeah, You're going to do that webinar for All In. You've done other stuff in the past. Do some sort of event, either virtually or in person, that makes you feel good because you have to celebrate that accomplishment. And it can be... It could be a launch party if that's your jam, as long as you have somebody there that's taking video or pictures so you get some buzz for it. Maybe it's a reading. Maybe that's your jam. Maybe it's what I did or what Mike's doing. But it has to be something that you feel, this is me. This is how I like to do things. Yeah. And I think getting other people involved in, say, panel discussions or conversations is actually an easy get. Yeah. That's easier than getting people to overtly promote you. But getting people to come and talk about issues that are important to them, that are relevant to your book, anytime you get other people to come and be of service, it's pretty easy for them to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Uh, I've been talking a lot about Joey Coleman and Michael uh, Bungay, which, by the way, MBS, he also goes by MBS. MBS and uh, Joey did a launch party in person in Toronto. And I spoke with Michael afterwards. I was like, dude, does anyone do launch parties anymore? And he goes, we had 200 people show yeah. up. Uh, and I've never done a launch party like in, in person. And he goes, we sat there and said, um, we're trying to move a lot of books right now. And we are so honored by your support. And we hope you're having a great time. Would you be willing to buy bulk books right now to support our movement? Yeah. And of those 200 people, I think people on average were buying 10 books a pop. That's 2,000 books that they moved through their party. Yeah, and uh, there was just a recent really successful live event that I, I, I didn't attend it, but I, I watched it happen. Laura Belgray, she wrote Tough Titties. She's a... <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. What a great title. Yes. Yeah. So she's hilarious, and and she uh, she's a very famous and super successful copywriter. So she's she's your email copywriting queen. Mm. Um, connected with Marie Forleo. Yep. Yeah. Well, she had a lot of relationships where she could bring get people to show up. It was at Barnes and Noble, the big one at yeah. um, in New York. Yeah, no, but the big one in New York that's on um, near Central Park, I think. No, it's oh. on Sixteenth. What is? Why can't I think of where I used to live there? What am I? That's that's Sixteenth uh, is um, the Union Soho. Square. It's no, Union, Union Square, Square. Yeah, Union Square, yeah. Yeah, that was my Barnes and Noble. I used to write at, and I oh, just slipped. That's not Soho. No, it's that's not no, Soho. That's Noho. In Union Square, the big Barnes and Noble is multiple levels. That's the that's the big Kahuna yeah, yeah, Barnes yeah. and Noble. Okay. Um, and you know, sometimes people say live events don't move books, but I think if you decide how are you going to use this live event to move books, it could. But there's nothing wrong with having a party to celebrate this major accomplishment and to thank the people. I think this is another thing I want you to talk about. Part of your two week launch is gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. That is a massive part of it. And uh, it starts with the acknowledgments in the book to me is there is a team around the author and I consider it like a band 
that the author is the front man, front person of the band. It's the singer and gets mostly accolades, but there is a drummer and there is a guitarist and a bass. But there's also uh, the the people who are assembling the stage, uh, set design. It ends up there are hundreds of people, uh, in many cases, that, that have some degree of impact, small or big. And it's during the launch process, I think, that we start acknowledging these people. One technique, and, and technique just sounds almost manipulative, but one thing we do, and it's authentic, is every story that gets featured in the book, we write a framed image with a cover of the book, uh, a section that they're in, and then we put a, a plaque on it saying you're featured in the book. So Clockwork, as an example, when we launched Clockwork, uh, one of the key stories is there's Chris Winfield, and Chris, I met with him to talk about business efficiency stuff and was just expecting this guy who was concentrating at the time his efforts on productivity. He was the productivity master. And I said, Chris, how do you make a business that crushes it? He goes, well, productivity shit. And I'm like, dude, this this is what you do for a profession. <laughs> and that's when he revealed the challenge with productivity and read the book to find that out. I, along with the three dozen stories in the book, made uh, a framed, actually it was a uh, shadow box with the book in it, his name, the pages features on it, and his story in there. I saw a video from him years later, not regarding clockwork, just he was talking about something and it's in his office, and right over his left mm-hmm. shoulder or his right shoulder was clockwork. Yeah, the, it was true, authentic gratitude. But when people see that, they're proud of that. They're he was proud of his contribution. I'm yeah. proud, and so that became a really cool, sticky thing. Uh, he happens to be highly influential. I mean, he has a he has a community around him, and uh, he knowingly or not is is helping expose clockwork. So. That's a big deal. I think, you know, just time-wise, it's important to note that you're going to spend time doing a lot of thank yous. Yeah. And then you're also, I spent for my launch, which was a f- tiny fraction of your launch. I think when I sat down to reply to everything on social media, I think it was hours. Yeah. So you maybe you need someone to do it, help you do it. Maybe. or But you just have to plan for it. You have to it. do it. And don't you think, I always tell my students, and they're shocked when I tell them this, I say take the week off that you are launching your book. Oh yeah, you got. You be- have to take it. So if you have a job or you're running a business, you have to be available for the book. You have to black it yeah. off because what happens is all the stuff you planned yields other stuff that you didn't know was going to happen. Yep. All these people you have inbound requests. Yeah. Can you talk to this? Can you come on this podcast? Can you will you mm-hmm. show up for this? Can I talk? Can I help you in this way? Now you're fielding all that stuff left and right. You have people coming out to say thank you. You have people posting stuff. You have people doing stuff you never thought that would do it. Yep. It's a lot to keep track of. And you're also super emotional. Yep. And exhausted. Yep. So you have to do yourself a solid and block that week off, at least the first week. Yeah. True to all the above. I um, oh, I had a, a, a profound thought I wanted to share, but but it, it's it just slipped my mind. So um, oh, uh, now, now I'm a little bit confused in my own head. Uh, so yeah, so block off and prepare for the time. Uh, prepare for the unexpected things to happen. Oh, this is what it was. And to your point, be super engaged with the readers. It, this is to the point where it goes from the one-to-many to the one-to-one for me during the launch. The one-to-many is how do I have other influencers talk about the book? Where are the podcasts that I can get on and the webinars I can do? And it's all one-to large groups. It's at this stage that people start buying your book. And you will get emails, uh, especially if you encourage people to email you. I take the time during the launch to respond to every single person with a video. Because you're right. You can get an assistant to type on social media or respond in email. You can't, well, now with a, with open AI, maybe you can start using some fake you. You can deep fake yourself. But I send out a video to each person. And it could be hundreds and hundreds of emails I get. And so it will take me days. But I will speak until I'm horse sending videos saying, AJ, Harper, you just bought a book of mine. It's a big deal to me. Thank you for having the impact. I'm wishing you huge success in your business. And if I can personalize it further, I will. I send that out. Do that one time is easy. Do that 100 times in a row. It gets really freaking hard. But 
I have a goddamn duty to that. What's so interesting to another story, I don't remember the face, but it's happened multiple times, and it's happened even recently, is someone comes up and says, I'll never forget the video you sent eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? They said, you took the time to send me a personal video thanking me. And I remember one person I met in an audience, and she said, I, I couldn't believe it was true. I watched the video over and over again. And she goes, by number six, I'm like, how did he know my name, my business? How did he do all this stuff automatically? He, he couldn't. This is a real video. Holy crap, it's the real guy. And she's like, that's the day. She goes, you're my, you're my author. We talk about psychological ownership. You're my author. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I'm here at this event. There was a dude who traveled across. I thought I had a hard journey. I shared that in the last episode, getting to Calgary. There was a dude who drove, I think it was 20 hours to get to this mm-hmm. conference because he loves the books uh, and the work that we've done together. So that's what a good lunch can do. It can start that off. You have this great analogy that I'm hoping that you can share. I know we're long on time, but maybe before bef- maybe before we close, you can share this. Do you remember you remember this analogy you share about how you start a fire? So you say a good a book launch is you've got to get the remember. big Really? <laughs> okay. It's really good. Oh. You say the book launch is you wanna get a good fire going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the pre-launch would be getting the, it all set up with the kindling and stuff. And then the launch is the big roaring fire. And then pre-launch or post-launch is just keeping those embers alive. Mm. But that's why you need a good launch to start to get that big that roaring fire yeah. started. Yeah. So, and then keeping it going is much easier. You don't remember that you said that? No, because now I use wave. I'm like, it's the, the tsunami. Oh. Yeah, it's, it might now just change. But I think that's a great analogy to say why why does a launch matter? Yeah. Because you have to get it the fire going. Correct. And once those embers are burning, to me, it's the one-on-ones. I spend, and we'll talk about this probably a, a lot when we talk about the post-launch. The one-on-one relationship, I think, is the most overlooked opportunity for authors to sustain book sales. Most authors, most authors actually just give up. They don't launch and then they don't post. There's nothing. Just like they put the book out there and they're like, why is no one coming? Um, successful authors will uh, will launch a book uh, and, and continue that one to many. The greatest authors I know start one to one marketing, meaning they engage with individual uh, readers, and that the risk is. What's the impact? It's, it's very time-consuming to build one-on-one relationships with readers. And how do you know if that reader is going to be of impact in moving books? And is this wasted time? And the thing is, you don't know. So you just got to keep doing it. But I found by having all these one-to-one relationships with readers, they are the ultimate influencers. And one day, one person somehow will get the word out. That woman on TikTok, Michelle... I found out in After Effect, I had her on a podcast. I interviewed her. This is a person who uh, talked about Profit First. Yeah. Not the first person on TikTok to talk about Profit First. Yeah. But a person who had some enough influence to start a big surge of purchases. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Massive surge. She said, uh, oh, you responded with a video. Once I, I committed to Profit First, because in the book you can commit to me. She goes, you responded to me. You sent me a video. And she goes, and then I came to a conference, and, and I don't know if you remember, but we shook hands out there, and we talked briefly. Uh, she goes, I emailed you once, and you actually emailed me back. Let me under word, underline the word actually email me back, because that also means she's reached out to other people who have not. And that's common. I make an extraordinary effort to respond to everyone. Now, I'm not great at it, and it's because it's me. It takes time, but I do an extraordinary effort to do that. And then one day, somehow, some way, uh, the situation like that's going to happen. So I think that's the greatest thing that that happens during this launch period is this transition. This great opportunity opens itself. No longer are you are you talking about what's to come. It's arrived, and now you have an opportunity to engage with the people that are consuming it. Yes. Whew. I don't even know if we covered everything. Well, there's so much to cover, but I think ultimately you did cover. You know, these are what is your launch like, and I think that's of that's of value. And what are the key components of a launch? But it's really up to the individual and how who are their readers. What you know, what's going to make sense for that specific book, and then what do you feel like doing? Yeah, yeah. 
but but mostly to just understand that you've got to have all that stuff in place and have a support system in place so that you'll actually do it because I've seen it with authors too many times. I, I say this, I'll, I'll keep saying it. I'm going to say it a million times. Authors who busted their butts to write something remarkable who absolutely have a whimper of a launch. And I always know what's happened there. They have just uh, collapsed under the pressure of an exhaustion. Yeah. So it, you can get in front of that by making sure that you have a strategy in place yeah. and you have some people backing you up to help you actually implement it. And it's never too late to start. Even if even if you feel it's too late, you can still get the book out there. You can still hit Kroger's and start talking about it. You can still just keep the effort. Because a launch, while ideally it happens when the book gets published, uh, you can do it years later. Too. You can relaunch. You yeah. can you can you don't even need a reason. You can call it a late launch. Yeah. Um I went to Annapolis with my wife for our anniversary. 26 year anniversary happy anniversary thank you very much it was amazing it was amazing um and we walked the uh the university there the, the university the school the navy mm -hmm. was there um and so they allow public in you have to you know you go through security and there's lots of people and stuff but you can you can walk the entire campus so we're walking around there's one building regretfully i don't recall the name of the building it was, it was a magnificent structure there was uh midshipmen being trained, you know, they're marching and stuff, and you could observe that. But I looked in the building, and it had this massive open door, and there was a flag hanging on the wall from the distance, and uh, it was far enough away I couldn't see it, but it wasn't a U.S. flag. It was just it had words on it. So I walked closer. It said, don't give up the ship. Mm. And then there was a story of this admiral who passed away on a ship. It was a fatal uh, injury they experienced from an attack, uh, and he told the the seamen, "Don't give up the ship," and it became the the line or the the tagline for the military for the navy navy. Their guiding force, their motto. Yeah, their motto. That's it. Their motto: "Don't give up your book." Like, don't give up the book. You must never stop. You're putting out a message that's so important to the world. And what a shame! What a shame if they don't discover that. What a shame if if it's a fiction book and they're not entertained by it. What a shame. All that effort, and you you give up the book. Don't give up the book. All right. Uh, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we did. Now, it depends how people listen to this, but we did two long episodes. We, we usually try to do three in one sitting. Uh, it's almost quitting time here, and we got two episodes done. So we dug in deeply. We hope you got tons of value. We also have free materials that complement this. So go to our website. It's DWTB Podcast. That's Don't Write That Book podcast.com. We also would love for you to give us your feedback, your experiences, uh, your criticisms. I got some of those emails saying, oh, Mike, the launch is really one week. So uh, whatever other feedback you have, we want it. And if we can share it, we will. Let us know by emailing me and AJ at hello at dwtbpodcast.com. Again, that's hello at dwtbpodcast.com. Thanks for joining us today. As a reminder, don't write that book. Write this one.